Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six and we're back on your radio every Tuesday to Friday. This is Breakfast with Scotty and Goss and we are in the Toolkit Depot studio at Optus Stadium and we're here for Frank Agostino and the hardworking team at Fleet Network. And our phones are always open, our text line is always open and we love a good Macca's coffee chat. Scotty, good morning and welcome back. Uh, good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm refreshed. Are you? No. <laughs> uh, Holidays are right. No, no, it's great to be back. It's great to be back on the airwaves having a chat again and you look fit and well thank you i you feel a, good you had a good summer didn't you like normally when people say to me you've had a good summer <laughs> that's not a compliment but you look good mate. yeah thank you you're almost, you look to me as if you're almost a fully qualified real estate agent oh i'm one tick away one green box should get back today it's an amazing seven-year course this <laughs> is good to be with you did you have a good it's hey. a 12 weeker actually hang on I reckon we started here yeah, last no. year. Yeah, it's before March. that. It's 2020 when I first started. <laughs> but then COVID hit. I'm going to use that as an oh, excuse. What? There's no excuse. You were locked in your house. Oh, you weren't. No, no, you're allowed. You had freedom here. Actually, you know, can, can I just make mention to you? Let's start that again. I had COVID last week. I tested positive to COVID, but I had to just do the wildcats. Six times, man, you were unlucky. Well, I had to do the wildcats. Um... Yeah, good. And <laughs> many people there? Yeah, 6,000. And I had to do the open floor show. You got around to every one of them, did you? Got around high five. Oh, high gotten. Hugging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I didn't have COVID. All good. Hey, Scotty, good to have you back. Good to have the boys back in place. Good to see that Chris Clafunas and Justin Lane, we like to call them Special K Lois, and Lois. Yeah. They came back. back. And I owe you 50. Oh, I said, there's no way they're both coming back. <laughs> Not after the year we've given them, but they're both back. We are going to make some subtle changes to our... Uh, so just so you know, listeners... Subtle? Tuesday to Friday. Yeah. What happened there? You blew up, didn't you? You blow up at management and said, I'm not doing Monday. I'm pissed off. I am really angry today. I know, I know. I know you are. Yeah, you don't like Mondays. Well, I like Mondays, but I just think... I think people need time to digest... There's a lot of emotion on a Monday show where people get really, really. They're still angry from the yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And I and I you don't like want that? to. I'd be, but I don't want to bear the brunt of their anger. So I've decided to step back <laughs> for 24 hours, you and I'm going to leave that. it to Kane Corns and Nathan Buckley, and a couple of others. So there's going to be a so national Tuesday mornings. We're going to come in and go bang with everything WA. Correct. Full report. But Mark Duffy will be on a Monday from eight, and he's going to be yeah, he's an agenda a lot of, setter. Correct, he will be. Uh, Adam Simpson's going to join us today, and Justin yeah. Longmuir. After seven o'clock, both coaches of our respective teams, of course, will be uh, joining us on the show. And Let Mark Woodford will also join us to talk about all things tennis. Great Woody. day for Australia. Woody, huge news too in the Australian Open, isn't it? Now I don't. Yes, I, I can not watch him, but a lot of people say he's unmissable. 
Um, but no, Nick Curios. It's huge news for the show. They'll be absolutely shattered and flat about that. The broadcast will be angry. But... So what have we got? No Ash Barty having a baby. Yeah. Well, and retired. Oh, yeah. That, the first thing, <laughs> chicken and the egg stuff, so to speak. No Serena or Venus. Yeah. No Roger. No. No Kyrgios. Miss Roger. No number one Aussie female, Tom Lanovich, who can play a bit, was our great hope. Um, it's a massive mm. blow. Oh, no. Number one man. No, Alcatraz. Man in the world. Alcatraz is not coming. Alcaraz. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a blow, but it'll still be great. It'll still be great. Who wins then? Uh, no idea, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Asking me to give you a, a form on tennis. I tell you who. I tell you who is worth a watch. And you know, I feel like we've been cheering for this guy for ten years now. Is yeah. John Millman? Hey, nah, I really liked him. Really? Hey, do not start the year rolling your eyes, okay? It got you in a lot of trouble last time. <laughs> no, it didn't. And hey, don't do I'm it again. St- I'm still here. I like John Millman. <laughs> yeah, I like John Millman. I reckon he's a, just a. God, I, I like John that. Millman too, but I'm not going to cheer for him because he's not going to win. You're not going to. He won last night. Yeah, but the whole... Backhand. Milman deep into the corner on the forehand. Sliced back by Hussler. Milman sends him the other way. Hussler can't get the return back. And Milman is into the second round. Yeah. Well done, Johnny. Johnny. Brett Phillips going there on SEN. Battler, mate. Just a good battler. I like him. No, I like battlers too, mate. I like battlers too. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, welcome back, Scotty and Goss. Nice warm-up off the bench on Saturday. Three hours. I still don't know what I have to listen to. Scotty. He was a bit of a dog sometimes. That's Margaret. Now, Margaret, you you know what? You just got to wear it. If Margaret speaks, you just have to wear it. She's a, just a beautiful She's lady. She's a beautiful lady. She called me a dog. Yeah. I wasn't well, a dog. I was a very Scotty, fair footballer. He was a bit of a dog sometimes. No, I take Margaret's word as gospel right there. So for those who don't know, if you want to get to the podcast, <laughs> I want to read out a tech, a tweet from a guy called Kevin Perry who does... Um, who does it's safe to say... It's safe to say, we've, if, you, if you're unaware, we filled in for uh, Hutchie and Pickers. And you were disappointed because what happened was you were going to do it with Hutchie. Yeah, Hutchie's so plane was late. Yes, Hutchie's coming in. Yeah, and then you found out that I was oh, doing it. Oh, my God, man. I'm about to have you know, a year with this play. And then safe to say, we, we were rudderless early. <laughs> but it's not the old saying, you know, when you first move in with your partner, when you're young and you first move in with your partner, they ask you to help with the dishes so you break one. They don't ask you to do it ever again. I think that's the sort of motto or the role that we ran with on uh, on Saturday with Off the Bench. We got some really solid feedback. We too. did. Really solid. Um, some of it hurtful, uh, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But we had fun, though, guys, didn't we? It was, it was good fun. So Kevin Perry, who's a co-editor <laughs> of a, a, a experienced media writer, writes on TV and radio and all things sports broadcasting. He's got 20-odd thousand TV black box. A good fellow, Kevin. Um this was his tweet yesterday. <laughs> I just listened to the podcast off the bench and my goodness, what a car crash. <laughs> but I also need to tell you, I was laughing so hard it brought a tear to my eye. One of the more bizarre three hours of radio I have ever heard. I love it. I think we succeeded. I think that's the best, that's the best critique I've, thing I've had. I like that. <laughs> I like that. We don't want to be normal. We want to be different. Yeah. Because we, we, we talked about things that like, are, are normally probably off limits. Oh, we talked about plop. See, plop, plop. Well, there was an issue. There was an issue down in Geelong, Sydney yeah. Aquatic Centre. There was an issue which was very caddyshack sort of related. Yep. 
Someone left something in the pool. <laughs> oh, yuck. Someone left something in the pool that yeah. they needed to leave elsewhere. Yeah, and I made mention Shut that we'd out. had a similar circumstance in the last couple of weeks at our house, <laughs> courtesy of uh, our granddaughter. But yeah. I told the family that I made mention of that on national radio mm. and got howled down. So you can say it, but don't say who it was. So, so I apologise for saying it was Lola. I, I do apologise to her parents. I would have thought that it's okay to say it's Lola instead of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Lola's 18 months old. Uh, good anyway, to hear you back. Thank you, Mike. Good to be back as well. Um, hey, how are you? Happy New Year. You let us... <laughs> have we got, no, we've, I've got to write. I did ask the question. Oh, I'm interested in people's thoughts too. How long into January can you still say Happy New Year? Not, we were told by uh, our boss Sam, and, and when you know when we have a, an issue that we need an answer to, the tough issues, it was like, when do you have to stop saying Happy New Year? And Sam said the tenth. That's it. What do you think? You think the first? Oh, I'd give you one day second. So, in the, so the second you can say Happy New Year, not the third. No, no, no it's completely no, disagree. We're done, mate. You don't say Merry Christmas to someone after Christmas. That's it. Done. So Boxing Day, you don't say, hey, mate, Merry Christmas. No. You say, did you have a good Christmas? No, you don't say, yeah. Did you have a good Christmas? You can have the chat, yeah. but you don't say Merry Christmas. You know, so, see, no. So I'm, now, so, so from the 10th, this is what I'm going to run with for, forever now. For, from the 10th, I'm going to stop. Right? I mean, I'm going to say Happy New Year to people for the first time I've seen them in that first week of January. But from the 10th, I'm going to run with, did you have a good break? Yeah, that's yeah. better. It's more encompassing. I like that. Uh, anyway, Adam Simpson, Justin Longmuir and Mark Woodford are going to join us. Hey, we've, got ask a, them. we've got a few new segments coming up. We've got a, a few. Oh, good, no, we've got... <laughs> How many of them is he in charge of? <laughs> is he in charge of all of them? How many new segments have we got? Four. Well, what's happened is all... we're doing one less day. Yeah. So we need to cram my Monday segments into <laughs> the Tuesday, a... Friday. We no. do have a new person joining the show. What do you mean? No, we do not. We do so. We are a, we are a one banana, two banana team. <laughs> There's no third banana. Says the man who walked in with water and fruit today. Yeah. yeah. What was that about? Ah, I don't know. It was all that's left in the fridge. <laughs> like first day of school, you yeah. come with new pencils. I'll be Mac tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Good to see nothing changed. Josh Kennedy from the West Coast Eagles uh, is going to join us. Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Yeah. Um, been out of the game for a while, hasn't he? You, so you well, not according to uh, Kane Corns. He reckons he should make a comeback and <laughs> Ross Lyons should bring him up and make Part him... of his contract is we have to get him picked up by the golf cart in the car park at the stadium and, and Correct. brought to the front door because the bloke can't move. Yeah, we'd love to have uh, David Mundy on. For those who want to know, uh, do we need someone from the Dockers? But David was too expensive. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Really expensive. <laughs> so he went with Josh. Oh, really? He's just happy to get away from home because he's actually moved. He's t- gone back up north. I, I tell you, it's, it's a funny one with retired blokes. So we said it to them last year as well when a couple of these guys <laughs> were calling it a day. They go, oh, I just can't wait to spend some time with the family and the, and the kids. It's going to be awesome. And then about 12 weeks <laughs> in, they're like... Jeez, I need to get out of here. I need some work. I need to do some work. I need to stay involved. But anyway, JK, he's coming on. He's going to be a part of our Friday footy forum. Uh, a lot. A lot more. Are you capable of doing every Friday? Yeah, absolutely. So I can't wait to sit here with JK and, and, and talk to him and, and just chew the fat too. Much loved full forward. Yeah. One of our newcomers to the show last year, 
was Gary Gibbetson, yep. Ibo from Fleet Very Network. Good, Ibo. And Ibo's going to be a regular on our Friday show Good. as well, talking all Brings things footy. Brings a sense of reason to the show. We are going to talk only footy on a Friday, nothing else. So all the minor sports like tennis. <laughs> <laughs> the minor sports. Soccer. Like tennis. Basketball. Basketball. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about any minor the Friday, sports on a Friday. Friday footy day. Friday footy day. When the footy season's about to start. Don't yeah. forget, Adam Simpson, Justin Longmuir after seven. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm... If both of them tell me that everyone on their list is flying right now, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be really disappointed. Yeah, I, I'm a bit. Couldn't o- be happy. I'm a bit over footy clubs posting photos of players training and handballing. <laughs> why? Because what, so doing? what? What else you got? Yeah, but why? I don't care. The fans do. It's Phil. His fans want to see. Oh, that was a good hand pass. He was good. He was good this year. I tell you what, going to get a breakaway. Because I tell you what, we are going to do this year is we're going to get to the news on time. We're going to be because we have been accused of waffling on far too much over certain things. So we're we're going to tighten the show up. Oh boy! See how long this lasts. (laughs) I know. A New Year's resolution. That one's going to be tossed out the door within days. Just around the corner. Every day we are going to give you footy news. Every day at about 20 past six. They're every all, day. Here's the, here's the first bit. They're all flying and running PBEs and they're in the best nick of their life. A couple of uh, pre-season injuries, all that and more oh. on the way. And oh. one thing that won't ever go away. Oh, no, 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 no. Really? I'm yeah, sure we, we met about this. We did have we a meeting. Down, we had a we chat. went to an organic cafe. To... Yeah, I'll tell you what, Lois. <laughs> Last time you get to pick the cafe, get a cafe. Did they have bacon? No. (laughs) (laughs) I had a vegetable frittata, though. (laughs) (laughs) And some kale and muesli. Spinach. Did they have muesli bar? Some like ackee bowls. Are they called ackee bowls? (laughs) Ackee bowls. We're going to get a break. We're going to come back with all our AFL news on this day. 17th day of January. Stop it. It's back. It's 17 past six. We'll take a break. (laughs) Yes, okay. For a bit of motorsport now. Thanks for McAfee. Ice coffee. Coffee print for an Aussie. Fanfare the common man was for seven motorsport. Used to be on the Hardy for Roto. You know the Hardy for Roto? No. Used to be the Bathurst 1000. It was called the Hardy for Roto 1000. It was not. It was. It was called the Hardy for Roto, which was the name of the company. Your used to day. Run. Yeah, correct. In my day. Hey, we're going to talk some footy news now. We've got two minutes to get through it. Hey, Fremantle had some match sim yesterday. No Nat Fife. Did you see what Nat Fife was doing? Yeah, he was doing a photo shoot. Yep. At the club. But he so, trained. Oh, we only mucked around here. He trained. Gym. He did the gym. Did he? Yep. I can officially tell you, for those who are asking where Nat so, Fife was. Let's run with... <laughs> he was in the gym doing aerobics. I'm now picturing him with a white headband and some leg warmers. What's wrong with you, people? Let's off r- the mark, right there. <laughs> Let's run with uh, he was in the gym, his shoulders cooked and nope. his knees no good. Fife was in the gym, we'll train Wednesday and Friday. He was managed. He had a massive Saturday, so there it is there. There you go. Uh, Ma- Matt Taberner and Heath Chapman just did some running, so they're coming back off uh, surgeries. The mid-four, do you like this mid-four? It was Johnson, Sarong, Brayshaw and Darcy versus Jackson, Erasmus, Brody and O'Meara. Oh, jeez, they've got some choices, haven't they? Haven't they ever. They're in good nick. Mids are as good. Mids are as good as anyone in the comp. No Back doubt. Back line, rock solid. Forward line, issue. Let's ask JL later on 
where their goal is going to come from. Coming up after 7 o'clock, Adam Simpson and Justin Longmuir. Speaking of the Eagles, Eagles had an open have an open training session tomorrow at 9 o'clock, get along to MRP. Really? Is it like a family day or something? No, just an open never, session. Never got me. Never understood why people go to training. <laughs> this is boring. Tom Barris uh, still got that protective. Whatever happened there? Broke his thumb, didn't he? Yeah, but how? Privately, wasn't it? I don't think it was at training. Oh, no. Throwing the frisbee with the dog. <laughs> That's been, hang on, that's been used before. Liam Duggan and Jake Waterman are coming off a, a few knee injuries. This is a sad story. Brisbane's Marcus Adams oh, may shocker. not play again this year. Swan District's boy. Yep. West Perth. Nah, Swan District's then West Perth. Yep. Why did he leave Swans? Uh, couldn't get a game. Too strong. <laughs> <laughs> Too strong. Anyway, yeah, this is, this delayed is, this concussion. Is yeah, this is really average. And obviously with uh, with head injuries, you know, it's a, it's not something you can just bang, get some treatment, we'll get over it. So good luck to Marcus. Yeah. He's a, he's a ripping young yeah, man. Yeah, big fella and uh, was a key component. Didn't uh, did he? I think he got knocked out in about round 21 against Carlton. Hey, that opens up a spot in the preseason supplemental selection period and they reckon Dara Joyce is there. He's the Irish guy who played, I think, 13 games in just six years. His first couple of years was spent on developing his game, Dara Joyce. Dara. Dara? Darig. How do you say it? Darig. Good Irish name. Nick Voston's got cracked ribs. Uh, he'll be fighting for round one at Richmond. But what about this? Josh Joshy Gibkus got helped off training yesterday at Richmond after tearing his hamstring and may have surgery to reattach it. Off the bone stuff. Oh. Nathan Kruger, Collingwood, another shoulder reconstruction. Yeah. He's had the left and the right now. So Darcy Moore was back running, took that bone infection. Jack Hayes, this was news that came through. He's the boat that stormed onto the scene from, um, came out of Adelaide. Yes. Kicked five on Boo yeah, yeah, yeah. St Kilda. Yep. Um, he's got a cracked metatarsal. Do you know where your metatarsal is? It's in your foot. <laughs> your hand. <laughs> you hold your hand up. Damn it, it's one of them. And yeah. Liam Stocker, former Carlton player, is training with the Saints. Every morning at this time, thanks to Macca's. Yeah, McCafe iced coffee crafted by expert baristas, smooth and refreshing, made just the way you that like one it. One of his segments. Here's another one. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. Carol Ray was born on this day in 1923. Oh, kick off with a bang. She died last year. She was a part of the Mavis Branston show. She was. And I was in it last year, but I don't care. She lived till she was 99. Oh, well done. And she was actually also in the lineup, the original lineup for Graham Kennedy's Blankety Blanks. Get ready to match the stars, Barry Creighton. Right. All right, there's her mention right there. Stuart Wagstaff. Stewie Wagstaff. Jane Keane. As we play Graham Kennedy's Blankety Blanks. Fantastic. Good on you, Carol Ray. She was born Kathleen Corkery, but she died uh, last year, age 99. Hey, Betty White was born oh, on this day. She beautiful. died in 2021. Yeah. Famous for? Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. I'd like to play that song down every now and then. You sent it to people? Yeah. I get no response. <laughs> she was famous for this ad. I think this was in the Super Bowl, was it not? Mike, come on! Oh, Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, 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 James Earl Jones. She was awesome. 
Yes, he was. James oh. Earl Jones, 92, voice off. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. What movie was that? The Star Wars, you did sit tall. You're looking at me as if, you know, what is this all about? That was huge. I am your father. And what about the? What about his other one, his most famous one too? Which one? Name Lion King. Oh, he's in Lion King, was he? Oh, he was uh, Mufasa. Mufasa, that's right. Uh, very good. Anyway, he's 92, James Earl Jones. We've got what two minutes start. to get through this. Make that 90 seconds because the trains always run on time. Real stickler this year, aren't you? Born on this day, 1942. I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. George can't hit what his hands can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. He think he will, but I know he won't. They tell me George is good, but I'm twice as nice, and I'm going to stick to his butt like white or rice. Muhammad Ali, born Cassius Clay on this day in 1942. Paul Young is 67. You say, who's Paul Young? That rings a bell. Wherever I lay my hand, that's my Absolutely did. So did Susanna Hoffs. Oh, I know, it's timeless. Enjoy whistling that on your way to work, everybody. Part of the Bengals, of course. Until at least lunchtime. Their biggest hit, though, came, believe it or not, in 1989 with this. Obama's 59 oh, today. Social. Jim Carrey, 61. Spoken. Somebody stop me. In 1965, Margaret Ehrlich was born. She's a Kiwi. Best known. She passed away sadly last year. Best known for her work in this classic. Learn something new every day. Yeah, fantastic. Kid Rock's 52. Got to get away. News is just around the corner. Popeye the Sailor Man made his debut on this day in 1929. Sing along with me, everybody. Oh, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Olive oil with Brutus and... In 1933, the body line bowling was considered a menace by Australian cricket board. Made a TV show out of it. And on this day, January 17, happy birthday for celebrating a birthday. Adam Wiles was born on this day in Scotland. He's 39 today. And you say, who's Adam Wiles? Yeah, who's Adam Wiles? He's Kelvin Harris. Let's go. Welcome back. Scotty and Goss, Tuesday to Friday here on SENWA. Fleet Network, WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. Save your thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. We spoke long and hard about dumping this segment. But, uh, I was outvoted three to one.
Chris Clafunas is back in the sports chair yeah. after 6.30. Good, Good morning. morning, boys. Hello, buddy. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was your break? <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Uh, not as good as the Perth Wildcats. Boy, they're on fire. And yes. last night, what got even better for them, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix lost to the Brisbane Bullets. In Melbourne. In Melbourne. 84, the Bullets over the Phoenix, 79. Jason Caddy with 28 points. So that leaves Southeast Melbourne in seventh spot. Wildcats sticking there in fifth, which is very, very good. Uh, speaking of the Perth Wildcats, Damon Lowry on ESPN. He spoke about yeah. the Wildcats and how it's a new era for them. The old names that we used to see quite a bit of, the Mitch Nortons, the Todd Blanchfields, the Jesse Wagstaffs. Fellas, you guys are now role players. More more role than you ever were before. Because not only is it cotton time, Liam, yes. it's Webster time. Mm-hmm. Which Webster? Any Webster. Pick a Webster. It don't matter. And Brady is balling and Tayshawn is balling. Yeah. Then you bring an LT in off the bitch. I'm telling you, this is a new era for Perth. I'm liking what I'm seeing. We're liking what we're saying as well. Friday night against Sydney. That's my man going. You're all potting him earlier with my big man, Brady yeah. Manic. Oh, he's and good. I've stayed strong. Found his form. Yeah, yeah. He's figured out the NBL, knows where the bucket is. He's very, very good. The no, Wallabies no. have sacked. Say sorry then. Coach, I was never off him. I oh, love Brady. You were pretty harsh. Off air, you were What's pretty that? brutal. Say so sorry. No, absolutely not. I'll never apologise <laughs> for slamming Brady Manic behind the scenes, apparently. The Wildcats are the Wildcats. The Wallabies have sacked coach Dave Rennie less than eight months before the Men's Rugby World Cup. Eddie Jones, he's returned to the Aussie setup. How are you feeling about this, Scotty? Um, I'm okay with it. Big blue by England, I reckon. I'm okay with it. And I want him to bring them back to relevancy. He'll have more... He'll have more um, success than Ross Lyon returning to St Kilda. Oh, mark that down, please, Lois. We need that audio. Wowee. Jones, of course, coached the Wallabies from 2001 to 2005, including that World Cup final in 2003 that we unfortunately lost. Uh, Rennie, he coached 13 wins from the 34 games that he coached. So not a great record, unfortunately. And in cricket, 19-year-old Phoebe Litchfield made an unbeaten 78 of 92 balls in her ODI debut wow. to combine with Meg Lanning to beat Pakistan. Nice work by you, Chris Clafuna. Sports Good. update out of the 6.30 News every day, Tuesday to Friday here. Uh, morning, gents. Nice to have you back. Thank you very much, Scotty from Bayswater. Uh, Dirk is listening from Melbourne. Morning, Tim and Scott. I, have, uh, I haven't laughed so much. I've been laughing for the full 20 minutes so far, it is great. There's a winner. We must have picked him up on... Uh, picked him up on Saturday. Yeah, for off the bench. Morning, one. Dirk. Thanks, mate. Oh, yeah, Who Dirk? doesn't like to start the day with a laugh? Yeah, exactly right. And very sad like Marcus's <laughs> career doesn't um, does end, uh, given what happened to his brother, Luke. Yeah, Luke was fantastic, yeah. young man. If you've forgotten about that, he was, um, yeah. well, set upon in Northbridge, and yeah, it, um, he almost lost his life from that assault. And... Um, the Luke uh, Luke Adams Foundation going there for a fair yeah, while, and um, beautiful. it was it was great. They're they're a fantastic family, and uh, yeah, and as we said, hopefully uh, Marcus can uh, overcome this and get out in the field again. No doubt about that. Hey, we're going to go to a break right now. Come back. Mark Woodford's not too far away. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us always. Thirteen. 12.55, give us a call on the Toolkit Depot open line or text 0487 736 736. As we go to the break, I want to play something that keep, keeps popping up on my socials, and I think it's got some relevance. If you're a, a sporting coach or you're looking for some motivation. I love these guys. This is Gino Oremia. Um, uh, I'm not exactly sure his background, but let me tell you, he's talking about the difference between good players and mm. great I players. It, as soon as you sent it through, I sent it straight to my son. 
Yep. Last night, American's a ripper. He's an American basketball coach. Yes, absolutely. Um, coach of the women's Yukon team. Thank you. Uh, and this is what he had to say when he's sitting in the change rooms talking about the girls and being the difference between good and great. This is Scotty and Goss. Good morning. The difference between a really good player and a great player is great players don't get tired. They just don't. And what makes them great is when the good players get tired, the great player kicks their ass. That's the difference. So every day you're working on that. Every day you're working on that. We can coach ball screens and passing into the post and cutting and playing defense. We, we're not here to coach your energy level and your effort. That's, that's a given. You wouldn't be here if I had to coach that. That's what other coaches have to do. They have to coach energy. We don't. Yeah, uh, obviously extremely disappointed. Um, you know, I, I know you guys will all, all be wondering, you know, what's going on. So obviously I'm just exhausted from everything and, you know, obviously pretty brutal. Um, you know, one of the most important tournaments in my career. And so it hasn't been easy at all. Nick Kyrgios speaking yesterday, pulling out of the Australian Open. He's off to have uh, some MRI and a bit of work done uh, in Canberra. I think he's already going to return there now. He's got a small tear in his lateral meniscus. Just one of the other big names that's out of the Australian Open. But one thing we saw yesterday was some great fight. One man who was across it all, thanks to SEN. He's an SEN tennis expert, former Australian tennis superstar. He's at the Australian Open. We talk of Mark Woodford. He's been kind enough to join us on Scotty and Goss on this Tuesday morning. Woody, appreciate your time, mate. What a day it was for Australia, and the battler. It was a battler's day, Mark. It certainly was. It's good talking to you fellas, but it was a a brilliant day, obviously, having to do with the loss of the withdrawal of of Kyrgios, but then we had the excitement of, you know, a couple of Australian um, uh, players in the draw. It's taking four hours, John Millman, to get (laughs) through his match, and then the the younger um, fellow, the new guy on the block, Rinky Hijikata, surviving a a four-hour five-set marathon as well. Hey, tell us about Rinky. Well, he is probably possibly the coolest name at the Open this year, but tell us a little bit about him. <laughs> Isn't it just, I said on air last night that there was a number of years ago a female player, her name was Binky Van Rensburg, but now we're dealing with Rinky. <laughs> but look, he's a bright spark, isn't he? Um, you know, he arrived really on the on the scene at the US Open last year, getting a match on Arthur Ashe Stadium against Nadal. And I think that exposure, um, you know, I remember talking to him uh, later on after that match and just that experience and being exposed to a crowd and Grand Slam tennis and, you know, stepped up to the plate in a big way yesterday. I mean, he is a... He, he really is the proverbial battler. Mm. Um, you know, he's he's just got to you know try and build upon the experience now of of um, well, I, I mean, you, you know, being embraced by the Australian crowd. Uh, you know, they were in a frenzy yesterday watching him respond from two sets to love down. But uh, you know, in that at that stage, he probably just relaxed and and uh, things started to work um, for him. But boy, he would have slept. So well last night, if he even got to sleep, but he absolutely <laughs> gave everything in that match. Yeah, if Rinky and Dinky played mixed doubles, that'd be the next Teletubby. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, Rinky and Dinky. <laughs> hey, just, just in regards to, where's he been hiding? Is this the bloke that took a set off Nadal at the US Open? Is this the same bloke? Yeah, it, it is. It is. Wow. And you know, that was probably a, a surprise you know, for, for everyone. He came through 
um, you, you know, into that tournament, having, you, you know, the lead up and, uh, uh, you know, it's not easy through the U.S. summer season, but, um, you know, taking a set off of Nadal as well. And, you know, New Yorkers, I mean, they love to see a, a, a battle and, uh, you know, usually support um, you know, the underdog. So, you know, he announced himself in a big way at the US Open. And, uh, you know, this is this is just part of the journey. It's in the early stages for him. But, you know, to see someone like John Millman, the elder statesman, and, uh, you know, who, who is really trying to help some of the, the younger guys. But I feel like he set the tone um, for... Uh, the likes of Rinky, as well as Jason Kubler getting through in straight sets in his match. So, you know, again, the the idea that Kyrgios dropped out um, out of the tournament, which was massive news, but in a sense, the Australian men, they stepped up in a big way yesterday. Now, Rinky up against uh, Sitsipas tomorrow, so that'll uh, be a, a really big test for him. One of the things I was interested in, what well, is Rafa Nadal, who's uh, gone through the next round after his four-set win over uh, Drapiesto, he's complaining about the balls. He's not happy with them, and he says he has to change his entire approach to the Australian Open because the balls won't spin enough. <laughs> well, and spin is something that uh, Rafa... Um, you, you, you know, is, is renowned heavily. for. Yeah, um, yeah look, uh, I, I think Rafa probably had, you, you know, more of a challenge, you know, uh, than, than uh, worrying about the, the balls and not getting extra spin. I mean, he had a, an opponent yesterday that I think in, in maybe in different circumstances and perhaps moving, you know, forward in the next few seasons, we'll, we'll hear a lot more of, of Jack Draper. But, um, you know, I had actually predicted that Jack Draper, I thought maybe he might end up winning that match um, against Rafa because he's, you know, I mean, it's unusual for someone as great as Rafa. He's lost five of the last six matches that he's played, and uh, which, which is just an unusual uh, lead-in to the Austra- a Grand Slam. But um, I, I have a feeling that the, the win and uh, fighting over three hours and playing four sets, I think it's going to be a massive injection of confidence for Rafa, but uh, he needs it because he is in a very tough section of the draw. Mark Woodford, our guest, talking all things tennis from the Australian Open, SEN tennis experts, superstar of the court, of course. Nine Aussies in action day two. Let's go through just quickly their names. Dimonor, Burrell, Kokonakis, Thompson, Popperin, O'Connell, Purcell, Vukic and Fawless. That is the future of Australian tennis right there, Woody. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, uh, you, you know, uh, the, they lead into the AO. There was a, a lot of attention, the promotions around Kyrgios and Tom Lanovich. And unfortunately, we don't get to see them at all. Both have withdrawn. We, we, they didn't play any tennis over the summer. So, you know, quickly the attention goes on to the, the next group of players. And, uh, you know, there are some... some Strong names there. They may not be ones that we will see in the finals end of the tournament, but um, it, it's about building the experience. And I, I think for you know guys that you've just mentioned, uh, you, you know, w- want to be able to talk highly of um, uh, Alex Vukic. He came through qualifying. He probably felt like he should have uh, deserved a wild card into the main draw, but you know he's gone through three tough matches in qualifying and and is out there today. Um, 
We've got Chris O'Connell, Jordan Thompson. So, you know, there is a bevy of Australian players. So I don't think, uh, you know, the fans that are coming through, if they get a grounds pass, there's plenty of Australian players to watch. Absolutely. It's uh, brilliant stuff. What about Novak Djokovic? What he obviously, last year, we know the uh, the turmoil that uh, surrounded him last year as he was kicked out of Melbourne. Um, what's yeah. been what's been the response to him and, and being back in town? Has the uh, been shown support left, right and centre? Well, I think it was a real savvy move, uh, if you guys agree, for Novak to actually, you know, arrive in Australia. And rather than just come into the Australian Open and, and try and train here in Melbourne, he, he did a, a really wise move and enter into the Adelaide tournament. And, you know, Adelaide is, is a, a town where before he reached number one in the world, before he was this multiple Grand Slam champion, Novak would come to Adelaide and, and do a, a acclimate, do a pre-season. So, um, you know, there's a, a strong support crowd there for him. He played, uh, you know, five matches, ended up winning the, the title there. And um, I, I think that really exposed him to, you know, reintegrate him to the Australian crowds. And I think there's going to be, um, you, you know, huge support for him. But the, the major thing that for Novak, it's not the crowd, it's not the incident that happened last year. He's really got to try and handle his body. He has, uh, there's whispers around that uh, his hamstring injury is, um, is still bothering him. He's cancelled a couple of his practice sessions. Um, so there's a, uh, you know, a little mystery surrounding Novak and, and how um, he's going to be when he fronts up today. We're anticipating pretty warm weather. and I know you've been encountering warm weather over there in Melbourne, a bit like Perth, of course. So we get you know, high temperatures all the time, but it's a strange type of heat in Melbourne. I've got a feeling, Woody, we're going to see a lot of photos of tennis players with towels on their head calling for physios. There's <laughs> going to be matches, timeouts. There's going to be yeah. break. It's, it's going to be a pretty hectic day, is it not, today? It, it, it is. Um, you, you know, I was calling some matches last night and, and uh, um, it was really steamy um, for, for the players that were still out there. Uh, and today the temperatures are supposed to be higher than yesterday. I think, um, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm already out and about to the, the grounds this morning and it's, it's really breezy, but it's just one of those days that uh, is really going to test the, the players' fitness. Um, you know, if you saw yesterday uh, and in the lead-up to the Australian Open, uh, innovative now that the, the towels, um, you know, they have a, a zipper section, they put ice bags in the towels and uh, the players are, are draping them around the neck. It's, it's really try, you know, going to test them and uh, um, we'll get to see those who have actually put in a serious pre-season. Uh, looking forward to it and we'll hear, see it all covered on SEN through yourself and our man BP, Brett Phillips and the hard-working team on SEN. Appreciate your time. Have a good day and stay cool. Guys, we'll talk to you again soon. You Thanks a lot. certainly will. Mark Woodford, uh, fantastic. To part of our SEN tennis lineup for the Australian Open. You can hear it on the SEN app, of course. Nine Aussies in action. Thompson, Purcello, Connor Kokonakis, Popperin, Diminor, Burrell and Fullis. A break. After 7 o'clock, thanks to Fleet Network, WA's Novated Leasing Specialists, we're going to be chatting with Adam Simpson from the West Coast Eagles, Justin Longmuir, and after 7.30, David Harrison, the coach of the... Uh, the coach? The <laughs> trainer of Buster. To bash the winner of the Perth Cup. Tuesday to Friday.
Okay, we're here. Fleet Network, WA's Novated Car Leasing Specialist. Feel the freedom of a Novated Car Lease with Fleet Network. Still to come, David Harrison, trainer of Buster Bash, who won the Perth Cup. Mark Sure Poo. did. Brilliant. Adam well Simpson, coach of the Eagles. Justin Longmuir, coach of the Dockers. If you've got a question, make sure you let us know. Text away right now on 0487 736 736. Temperate bedshed text line. Experts in temperate mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Both coaches are going to join us. What's your one topic you need to get out of both coaches, Scotty? Uh, probably Fremantle's forward line. And West Coast? All-round fitness and hunger. That's on the way. Scotty and Goss. Uses this. So we hear that song a little bit more this year. Four past seven. Tim Gossage, Scotty Cummings with you every Tuesday to Friday on SENWA Breakfast. And we said we needed a big name to start off our first interview. So we couldn't uh, get... Um... Couldn't get Nick Nat. <laughs> you can't uh, say that. Well, we can. We've got Adam Simpson. I want Adam Simpson on more on our show. I reckon he's... He uh... didn't even reply to your messages. No, he did oh, today. He mates. He did this morning. Simo, oh. uh, happy new year, Adam. <laughs> and, okay, boys. So... I answered that text 10 minutes ago, Scotty. So just before you come on, real clever. Clever stuff. Yeah. Just, I'll just get this one out of the way. He did text me before Christmas, so I responded 10 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Hey, mate, look, uh, so much talk about what West Coast can do this year after a, a bad couple of years and last year and all the questions about fitness and all that sort of stuff. I mean, we're a long way out still and pre-season is starting to crank up. What's your expectation? Don't you tell us, though. Don't you tell us that everyone's flying and they're all running PBs, Simo. <laughs> Well, if you had asked me this time last year, I would have said that. Um, it, it was probably around this, you know, mid-January last year. We, we had six or seven injuries in a week, and then we uh, we had another four or five uh, in, a, in a practice match against Fremantle. It, that really set us on, on a course, you know, when you're throwing COVID as well, that um, we couldn't get back from. So uh, since then... Um, What's happened across the competition is there's more time off for the players, which is fine. Um, it's it's more over to them and how they present themselves coming back pre-Christmas. And we're really pleased. Yeah, everyone's in, in, in good nick, um, probably elevated even more more so than, than this time last year. And um, we're a little bit healthier. So, yeah, um, we've got some guys who, who've had significant time off, which it's not going to be smooth sailing like Oscar Allen, Dom C, Tom Cole, you know, these guys missed a full year. So, um, Campbell Chester. So, it's going to take a little bit of time. But, but overall, yeah, we, we've, we've really gone hard at uh, getting that base a little bit higher. And, um, yeah, we're really pleased with the condition the boys came back in. Adam Simpson, our guest on SENWA Breakfast. So, whether they're stung by criticism about fitness and the way they look and whether they're overweight, put that aside... Do you think, in general terms, the playing group, because what I've seen, they all look incredibly in good shape, have they taken it personally, the criticism of themselves, and have they been stung to have a big one in regards to the way they prepare themselves and present themselves at the footy club, do you think, or is that too is that too easy? Uh, a little bit. I mean, some of the guys uh, were, were disappointed personally, and the whole club was last year, and... There was reasons, and then there was um, 
okay, well, let's um, let's try things a bit differently. So there's criticism all the time in, in our industry, and and that's 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 you know you just got to deal with it. We, whether you respond to criticism from you know the paper or from the radio or from the east or your fans, that, that's um, it's something we we try and avoid because it's too reactive. We, and we're every day at the club, so. Um, but having said that, I think there's um, a steely drive in some of our players to, to get back to their best, and, and that involves knuckling down and maybe trying things a bit differently. So hopefully we'll see um, a healthier group this year, and um, you know hopefully we see a, a group that can sustain a longer season. Simo, every year you need to have probably, and every club needs to, and even the, the premiership team to the to the bottom side need to inject probably three or four new faces into their side every year. Obviously, you've got some guys who missed a full season of footy that we've seen before, but the likes of, you know, Chesser, um, John's asked can Noah Long have an immediate impact this season, Ruben Gimby, Hewitt, those sort of guys. Are they likely to be seen early in the year? Well, it's exciting. I mean, Chuck, Chuck in... Uh... You know, Alan, Cole, Sheed, mm. um, those type of players as well who didn't play at all last year. I think I looked at, I said this pre-Christmas, that the last game we played wasn't a memorable one, and then in Geelong. Mm. Um, and and no, no disrespect to the players who played in that game for us. Um, we tried our best. But I, I reckon there's probably 14 players, 13 players that won't be in the round one side for different reasons. Um so we're really looking at, at turning over the list. We're looking at bringing in some kids and playing some youth and hopefully getting some senior players back that are healthy. Um, so it'll be a completely looking, different looking side, albeit we still need our leaders to, to stand up and play well for us because you know, that's, that's where it starts. One of your leaders is Tom Barris, and he's got a little brace on his uh, guard, guard on his uh, hand and, and fingers. Um, first of all, what is the injury? And two, how did he sustain it? Yeah, he just got a whack on the hand over the Christmas break. I think there was up to you know, what what happens now in the time off with the players that they all get together and train. So I think there was like eighteen of the guys training on uh, New Year's Eve around that around that time, and um, he just got a bit of a knock on his wrist, and then we got that um, scanned um, oh, a few days later, and he's just going to wear that brace for for a month or so, and then he'll be right to go again. So and I will be hit the training again and he um, tried to train one-handed and tried to slide for a mark and hurt his finger on his other hand. So he, uh, he'll be fine. Very similar to our pre-seasons. You just get together with all the boys and train on New Year's over Eve. the break. Yeah, <laughs> just, just get in oh, as yeah, much yeah. As... You're doing the uh, you're doing the hundred one hundreds. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a challenge though. I tell you what, that wasn't for the faint-hearted. <laughs> what about um, what about any positional changes? Any players you see in different spots? Obviously, uh, you threw Elliot Yo cross half back uh, with a little bit of impact uh, last year. Anyone else due for a new role, Simo? Yeah, we need to look at it. Uh, there's, I mean, Yo is all Australian halfback, and people don't remember what what he did in that position. And we brought him back that way. Um, it was really difficult for, for players like Yo and Sheed and those guys to come back and, and try and get back into the season after missing so much footy. So, despite the criticism, when when Yo came back as a as a halfback, he looked really good. Um, so I think there's definitely opportunities for him to, to do that. Um, you know, exploring what we do with, with Luke Shuey as well, because he mix up his role. I mean, Oscar will definitely be playing forward. Um, and then some of our younger players that we, we're really looking forward to, to inject into the side have got 
multiple talents and we haven't quite locked them away in one position. So that's definitely something we need to look at. Um, but all in all, most of the guys know where their role is. Captaincy, do you vote on that? Is it not up for discussion? I know the player group vote, and it's got to be ratified by match committee and football and club and all that sort of stuff and board. But are you anticipating a change of the captaincy at all, or is the push big enough for Luke Shu to go around again? Yeah, well, that's, we, we do do a process, and it's probably the next month or so. The players all get together, have a look at our trademark, um, who represents that the best, who they want to lead the side. Um, and then, of course, he's Luke up, up for the challenge again, um, you know, which, um, which I think he is. So they'll, they'll go through that. Then we'll, we'll have a look at it as a coaching group, and then we take it to the board. So that'll take place in the next couple of weeks. And from what I can see with Luke, he's as hungry as he's ever been. So um, just trying to get that body right, um, get him through another season is the challenge. But he's definitely really hungry to do it. So I think I know the answer, but what, how are you? Uh, we all ask about the players and, uh, and how they're tracking. Last year was obviously a, a tough one for you in, in charge. How, how have you handled well, last year? What have you learned from it? But how are you going, going into a brand-new season? Definitely not the fittest I've ever been. So, <laughs> trying to battle the... Uh, I used to be skinny sloppy, and now I'm just turning into sloppy. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on that. Um, but, the, oh, look... It's just the industry, and um, I've been around a while. Uh, this is my tenth season as a senior coach, and um, you just deal with success and you deal with failure, and you know that's that's just our industry. We get paid well. I'm not complaining at all. I, I really enjoy my job, um, and we've got a new challenge. You know, we're, we're trying to turn the list over, uh, re-establish some really good habits and standards, um, have a look at how we want to play, and and try and enjoy it while we're doing it. So that's. That hasn't changed. I'm not no uh, no different than the year before. The energy's still there, and I still really enjoy my job. Uh, just in a last one before we let you go, Adam Simpson's been our guest on SNWA Breakfast. Uh, your you, you Waffle Eagles team, you know, obviously, you know, it, it made up of you know very few <laughs> listed Eagles, which is because of your injury woes yeah. you've encountered. And then you use top-up players who probably not even no disrespect haven't been able to cut it at other Waffle clubs for a lot of them. They come through the the amateurs and the stuff like that. Are you working on that? I mean, Jackson Nelson's hanging around, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Are you trying to work on that strength of that core group as well to make it more appetising and more appealing when players go yeah. back to play that they're not going to get flogged by Pretty 25 goals? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really important, guys. Like we, we, we're we restricted by what the waffle allow us to, to recruit. So I, I, I get the feeling that their take on it is um, let's get them better, as in the Waffle Eagles, but let's not get them too much better. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think they like us finishing uh, just outside the eight. Um, uh, or, uh, you know, the final series is, is something we respond to do, and we did it in our first year. But when you've got injuries at senior level, the, the people got to realise, too, the list sizes have dropped a little bit since, you know, four or five years ago. And COVID's been, you know, been around for three years. So, yeah, it's been a real challenge. And the guys that have topped up for us... Um, have been they play with so much spirit, but yeah, it's been a challenge because they're they're not from the waffle clubs; they're from the amateurs, um, and trying to get some top up players that um, can hold their own um, is a real challenge. And the health of our senior boys um, directly reflects the health of our, our waffle eagles. So you can obviously tell last year oh, we had to call a game off last year because of lack of numbers. So hopefully we can get our senior boys fit and healthy. 
Um, and that'll ripple down to the Waffle Eagles and we can have a good crack at it because, yeah, you don't want to go lose by 100 points every time. You know, we play. Um, no one wants that. And, um, yeah, we want to get better in that space. Very true. Uh, where's the pre-season camp? Where do you go? I'm not sure this year. Yeah, because it it's, it's, we've had a few years off. So I think there's, you know, there's a community camp. Um, there's no more camps in terms of going away for altitude training. Um, that's... that's uh, that's gone, but um, yeah, we really need and want to re-engage with the community, uh, in particular our fans and supporters, because it's just been too long. You know, we part of what we've done over the years in the culture at Footy Club is, is we're connected to our fans and supporters. So we've actually got open training tomorrow, yep. nine o'clock. You know, we'd love to see everyone down there, and um, you know, I think even this time last year we couldn't sign any autographs because of COVID. You know, and now we're full-on connected. I know COVID's still around, but, um, you know, I think we, we want to embrace our fans and supporters. That's a really big part of our footy club. So get down there if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Nine o'clock tomorrow at Mineral Resources Park. Appreciate you taking our call today, and we'll chat again, I'm sure, before the season starts. Thanks for joining us. Good on you, boys. Have a good one. Good man. Adam Simpson, coach of the West Coast Eagles. He is a beauty. Absolute beauty. He's, uh, he's Three fantastic. Three weeks to reply to a text, though, is probably... Yeah, I've Hard got the, not to uh, take personally. Yeah, no, I've taken it personally. Yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, he texted literally three minutes before coming on. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I was like... Are we on today? Yeah. Yeah, we are, <laughs> as opposed to pre-Christmas. <laughs> 16 past seven, this is Scott Ingos, SENWA Breakfast. JL next. Frio fans, thank you for your texts. Keep them coming. 0487 736 736. You've got a question for JL. Justin Longmuir, he's next on Breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, our, um, our forward line's probably changed a bit with a few departures and um, so I think there is definitely spots there available and um, trying to build my flexibility and being able to play tall and small and give JL and um, the coaches as much options, as many options as I can to slot me into different places um, if someone else goes down or whatever else. Um, so just, yeah, trying to keep, keep building that and hopefully if there's three or four different places I can play and... Um, and so I can sort of build that flexibility into my game. Bailey Banfield speaking yesterday about his opportunities and uh, wants to get rid of that subs vest. Sending a message. Yeah, well, he's good enough, and that's why he stayed at the club, and I'm sure the club's happy to have him. And one man who will be sort of dictating where he plays is the coach of Fremantle. who has been kind enough to join us, Justin Longmuir. Longy, appreciate your time. How's 2023 looking? Uh, g'day guys, yeah, welcome back. Um, yeah, going well so far. Uh, I came back last Thursday to, to training, and all the players have uh, done the work over the off season. Uh, they're, yeah, most of them were ready to go, so uh, we've had yeah, three, or, uh, two or three really good hit outs since we returned, and um, players are eating up the work. So. All the coach can ask for at this stage. TV cameras are plenty at training uh, yesterday, of course, for the match sim, and it was all about Luke Jackson, mate. How did he? Uh, how did he go from a coach's perspective, and and how did he pull up? I suppose you'll find out more today. Yeah, he pulled up well. He copped a pretty good knock to to the scone at one stage, but he's a pretty tough bugger as well. So he got up and, and played on. Uh, he's had the game really well. Um, and yeah, had the upper hand against Sean in the ruck to start with, but yeah, I was really pleased with the way Sean fought back, and he was probably the most dominant player on the ground after the first little period. So yeah, it's a good battle. They're really pushing each other um, hard in every in everything we do. So they're going to make each other better by just being able to play against each other. So good hit out yesterday, and yeah, both of them came through it pretty well. Longy, it's all about the forwards. They win your matches. They put bums on seats, and it's probably the one thing that is missing in 
in your setup at the moment. Your back half is rock solid. I've said it a thousand times. The midfield's as good as any midfield in the competition. The forward line is where I'm most intrigued. How does it look this year? A few departures, obviously, with Rory Lobb. What's your plans for the forward line and who are you hoping that steps up the most? Yeah, that's a pretty good observation, Scotty. Uh, we've got a bit of work to do in that area of the ground. A um, couple of guys that have started the pre-season really well and um, returned well from Christmas. Is One, one of them's um, Josh Tracy. He's, um, you know, he's, he's fitter. I think sometimes we, we forget how young he is. He's only just turned 20, I think. So he, um, yeah, he's, he probably plays a bit more maturely and we probably think he's a little bit older even internally. So he's, um, he's really improved his fitness and... Um, he's creating some really good opportunities for himself and his teammates at, at training, and he's one that looks like he's, he's taking another step. Um, you now, obviously, we've got high expectations to have tabs out there more than we did last year. Uh, you know, hampered with injury last year, he's, he's a lot further ahead in his program than what he was this time last year. He's a lot fitter. Um, he's going to get a lot more minutes under his belt in pre-season, hopefully, which will set him up for the season. I spoke about the rucks. Um, one of those guys will spend a fair bit of time forward, and um, both bring different things to the to the to the forward line, but can both win contests. Um, you know, Sean's great aerialist at his best, and Luke can you know, take a contested mark, but also win it at ground level. And we'll continue to build on our, our on our small stocks. Um, there's going to be great competition for spots with our with our small forwards. Um, having brought in a couple, um, you know, with Tommy Emmett being a mature mature um, age recruit. He's fitted in really well. Um, you know, we want to really maintain the pressure we put on it. The opposition small small defenders um, when the ball when the ball hits the deck. So yeah, there's, there's probably you know, eleven or eleven or twelve guys that are trying to fight out a position, um, for, you know, fight out spots for you know, four or five, six positions. So good. it's gonna be a good competition over the next three, four weeks. Justin Longmuir, our guest from the Fremantle Football Club. We had Adam Simpson on about 15 minutes ago. Jaylon, we talked about the, the, the captaincy and the process of, of naming the captain for next year, and it's going to happen over the next month at West Coast. And they've got a format, and I'm sure you've got a similar format. He basically said he thinks Luke Shuey, I think reading between the lines, will go around again as skipper. Are you envisaging a change of yours? I mean, your skipper has been so inspirational and, and, and has carried the team for a long time. Uh, his body probably needs a bit of work and, and all that sort of stuff. You know more than I do. But do you think Nat Fife needs to be captain and do you need for Nat Fife to be captain? Uh Oh, it's, it's a it's a good question. Um, the, the 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 basic answer is is um, hopefully not because um, I've said it a few times. We need to build a, a depth of leadership, and we don't want to rely on too few. Um, you know, with Dave Mundy who offered so much in in the leadership of our football club leaving, um, we need others to step up. And you know, really, you know, the captains, um, you know, just one person. We needed we need a lot of people uh, to support. And a lot of players to to support the to 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 support the captain, um, and whoever the captain is needs that support from the playing group. And we need a real depth of leadership within our group, and that's been real positive over the preseason so far. Is that the the player to player conversations that are going on, the communication on field and off field has been really strong from a number number of people. And I think the added um, uh, scenario around the leadership and the captain this year is making sure what's best for Nathan. Um, going forward, and whether the burden of being the captain is 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 good for his footy. Um, you know, you, you mentioned in the question the amount of um, injuries he had last year, um, and that was a really 
tough season on, on him as a, as a player and as a skipper. So we need to make sure we get that right. And um, we probably need a little bit more time to work through that in terms of just seeing how he tracks through the pre-season. So we'll go through that process later in the, later in the pre-season and we'll see what it flushes out. But, um, yeah, we'll need to make sure what's best for the club and what's best for Fifey going forward um, yeah, with his footy and the impact he can have on the team. Longy, we're going, I'm just going through Goss's notes from uh, your match sim yesterday. The, the, the midfield, I'm really interested in in how you play all these players and do they all play? You've got Johnson, Sarong, Brasher on, on one side and Erasmus, Brody, O'Meara on the other. Do they all play uh, and can how many of those can play in different positions? Because obviously you, you can't fit them all in the middle of the ground. Um, do some of them miss out week to week? Well, probably the short answer is, yes, yeah, some of them miss out. Um, we'll continue to work on secondary roles and um, you know, we'll give opportunities for Erasmus and Johnson in particular because they're, they're elite runners to, to, to get out onto the wing and see if they can play some wing time because um, we really want to try and squeeze as many of them as we can into the mm. team, but there's only so many spots available. Um, you know, with O'Meara coming into the side, seems a pretty handy replacement for Monday. Um, yeah, in my eyes... Um, from what I've seen of him so far in the pre-season. And as you mentioned, Brayshaw and Sharon are probably locks. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good problem to have. Uh, then a lot can change between now and round one. But like I mentioned with the Ruts before, um, you know, they're going to drive each other to be better through competition um, in our match and, and yeah, it's a good position to be in as a footy club. No doubt. Uh, I know you oh, were over in the st- yeah. I know you're overseas uh, for the states and a bit, and did a tour over there. Some of the other football department did as well. What's the one thing you're going to bring back and bring to the table? What's one thing you're learning as in this coaching journey that you we may see unearthed in regards to style or preparation or performance, maybe from the coaching staff this year? You're obviously you're always forever evolving. Yeah, probably the, the the way we play the game is you don't pick up much over there. It's probably more the way you, you coach and prepare the players, and something you pick up from you know, a lot of the lot of different sports is different ways to prepare the players. And I'm a big big believer in preparation preparation over review. I think as a as a industry, we've probably reviewed games with it to within into their lives and spent a lot of time in the week reviewing and looking in the past. Whereas I think preparation's the key to performance. So, you know, pick up a few little techniques over there and a few little things we can fit into our schedule um, yeah, to prepare our players better and make sure we put a consistent brand out there. Um, and I don't think, you know, it's a wholesale changes in terms of what you learn overseas. It's probably more a process of in, embedding um, different ways of doing the same thing. So, um, yeah, it's a worthwhile trip, but I don't think it was. I don't think you'll see wholesale changes off the back of that. Thanks, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. We'll, uh, we'll chat again before the season starts. I'm, I'm sure, no doubt. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, lads. Justin Longmuir, coach of the Fremantle Football Club. Feel the freedom of a novated car lease with Fleet Network. After 7.30 news, we'll be chatting with David Harrison, who is the trainer of Buster Bash, who won Perth Cup Mark II. That's on the way. News is next. Bit of Adam Wiles. Nah, it's not much. Calvin Harris. Is that Rihanna? Dua Lipa. 
Uh, that's who it is. I know my music. 7th of January, Kelvin Harris's birthday today. Scotty and Goss, every Tuesday to Friday, thanks for your company. Of course, we're here for Fleet Network, and don't forget you can get in touch with us. And gee, the text line and, uh, has been working over time. Mm. Hopefully, we got all your as many questions as we could. Yeah, they did. Thanks to Bedshed, experts in temper mattresses. Check out the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. Hey, Josh Tracy. Uh, that was our big thing last year. He brought it up himself. To get it, and he brought it up himself. himself. I didn't even need to answer that. I didn't need to ask him. No, we didn't so even mention the word like Josh Tracy. Sounds like he may have clicked over uh, summer, and he's come back and ripping Nicky's working hard. Work rate. That's what yeah. we've only ever said. Work rate. You can't be a good on him. Can't be a one lead forward. Good in luck. NFL. Yeah, good luck. Well, let's hope that that's going to be. Oh, as he said, he's only young. Yeah, but Fremantle fans heaped a mountain of pressure on him. He failed to live up to the expectation as a young man. He wasn't getting a game when many believed he should have been getting a game. But there was a reason why he wasn't getting a game. 100%. But a lot of people think, thought our criticism of him was over the top. No, I don't, it wasn't even... It wasn't hard. I mean, it was just saying the, the bloke doesn't get it yet. Hopefully he gets it over summer and says, well, oh, I've got to work a lot harder. I've got to this level by training this hard because of natural talent. Now I've got to take it another yard. And it sounds like he has. They so. need him, mate. Oh, absolutely. But the options that Fremantle have all across the, the field are pretty exciting. And you'd hope from now in touch wood that between now and round one, they get there in good nick. Peel Thunder are going to be very well, I was just thinking that too. <laughs> when he said that some of these men, well, realistically, some of them have to miss. They don't get to play. And we're talking names of, you know, Johnson, Sarong, Brayshaw, Erasmus, Brody, O'Meara. They're all players that would be in your side. But if some of them is peeling in for a solid year, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Hey, Scotty, I received a text from Andy. Thank you, Andy, for your text uh, on the temper text line. Andy said, is it true that Scott Cummings is going to be at Bassendine Oval tonight in a coaching role? Nah, no. Confirm or deny it, there's some Tim Gossip for you. Just a helping role. Be down there. Yeah, I'm going down to Bazo tonight, down to Steel Blue. Have a to look. do what? Just to guide a few blokes with their kicking. Oh, okay. Will That's you wear right. a tracksuit? Well, I expect one to be waiting for me in my old locker. I'd like a real nice little, have that three-stripe number, <laughs> wear some roams, and uh, Tom Hafey style, yeah. real tight tee. Yeah, good on you, Andy. So you were spot on there. So I tell you what, our listeners don't miss an absolute, don't miss anything. Yeah, I'm going to do my bit and see if I can help anyone. Might not be able to help anyone, but hopefully we can. Good on you, Scotty. Nice work by you, people like you. Uh, my mail is also that Matt Prittis, who's been linked to the Perth Football Club. Yes. Um, well, along with every other, you know, Recently retired player. He's doing eight sessions for the year. Well, that's bordering on like JK style work ethic. <laughs> Let's get a break. Eight away sessions for the year. Well, you know my what? mail is eight sessions. Prita does have a lot of knowledge to impart. He could do a lot of good work in eight sessions. I think we need Perth to be better. I won't do many They've more. They've been the laughing stock of the competition for far too long and they need to lift. And they've got a lot of public support. Adrian Barrett just put his proverbials on the line to be the president mm. of that football club. Jermo's a huge appointment. But they've just got to be better as a football club because they've been terrible. You get, one thing is, like, all these people are going to help. So Barry's going to help their business side of the, of, of the football club, which they need support. Correct. You know, Germo's going to bring a fantastic football brain with him, and he's bringing some uh, players that Correct. he coached here at Subi, Subi and, and knows yep. about and some retired AFL yep. greats. Players still need to learn how to get the agony. 100%. Though. You still need a list but of players. But it's across the board of that he football will improve, club. Though. He will improve those players. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. How much. But you're right, the, the whole footy club, 
Well, it sounds like it's been tipped on its head. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. And let's when they get a new facility, they'll be up and about as well. Let's get a breakaway and come back. It's 23 away from 8 o'clock. David Harrison is the trainer of Buster Bash. Won the Perth Cup Mark II. It's a great story. Uh, it was a second running of the Perth Cup this year. Buster Bash was involved in the controversy of the first running. Oh. Sean McGrady wrote it. But David Harrison was aiming to win the Perth Cup for Buster Bash and the Buster Bash connections. We'll tell you why next. Stay with us. This is Scotty and Goss for breakfast every Tuesday to Friday on SENWA. down the outside. Stafford's led, but Buster Bash, he's in a race of his own at the 200. He led by three or four. Stafford's led, followed by pure devotion, but Buster Bash, Buster Bash is coming away, and it's a big win. Great victory by Buster Bash. Won the cup by three and a half. Stafford's led, pure devotion. smashed him, did Buster Bash in Perth Cup, Mark II. Trainer is David Harrison, and I will say this, I saw David Harrison down at Pinjarra prior to the first running of the cup, and I know this race was one that he was excited to win. Harrow, well, you did it the hard way. You went the long journey. You were involved in a bit of a drama, sadly, uh, in the first running of the Cup, but you got the job done on the weekend. Absolutely brilliant. Well done. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, yeah, really appreciate it. It was a great thrill. Yeah, mate, just tell us in regards to the emotion behind this, and can you just let our listeners know the naming of the horse and why it's so significant and why this, why winning the Perth Cup with a horse called Buster Bash means so much? Um, he's flown, spurned, and he flapped with a lot of crack of it. Um, yeah, well, mate, my old mate Buster Reed, and he was, a, he was the best, best blue in Geraldton. Um, <laughs> and he sees him that hard and fast. They, yeah, he sees him that hard and fast. They all thought they were surrounded. You know, like, they didn't know where they were coming from. Um, and, he, and then he ended up getting a motor new run. And he died when he was only about probably 30. Yeah. On, but he fought it for about three or four years. Um, that, that motor neuron, you pick it with a Z. And uh, I told him, I said, oh, on his death, that I said, I'm going to name a horse after you every year. He goes, you're a tough bastard. And that's what I've done since then. About the last 30 years, I've had pretty 30 busters. And uh, it was an app that the horse named Buster Bash. So it's perfect for him. Right. And did it, like, you got to enjoy, I reckon you got to enjoy the race too, David, because it was it was leading by so much. 200 to go, you probably is when you can just probably stop and go, oh, we're home. I'm, I'm about to win a Perth Cup in the next four seconds. I know. What's got yeah, it? Was, it was real surreal. You know, because usually you, um, when, he went, when he went that early, I thought, oh, and I, heard, I thought, where's those horrible colours? They're stinking white ones. <laughs> usually they're starting to finish pretty quick at the end of the race, at the end of the Perth Cup. And uh, but there was nothing coming, so I, I like you say, I got to enjoy it and hear the crowd roar. It was it was fantastic feeling, yeah. Hey mate, after the first one where all the drama was rerun, and and you know, and sadly Joey has a party was the rider for Buster Bash, and uh, I tipped it. I was happy, and I, I turned on the TV and I sort of went out, one back, and then the race got called off. What was the emotion like for you um, and, and Joey being involved in the fall and the sadness of what was around that Perth Cup? What, what was the emotion like for you, Harold? I know it's business, and I know it's the industry, but just tell us about that week and leading up to Mark II of the Perth Cup? Yeah, well, it was pretty sad, obviously, because uh, especially for me, old mate, Graham Ballantyne, I mean, he's, uh, his horse ended up um, copping the worst of it and then to be put down, so uh, he's, he's uh, been my mate for 30, 40 years, so, and uh, and also for Joey, because um, he's done a little work on him and actually never did a lot wrong uh, to deserve six weeks, but when there's a, when there's a death and the stewards used to come down pretty hard, but all he did was he moved about six inches and that's enough to cause a fall when you're doing nearly 70 k's an hour. So it was a bit of a, uh, yeah, a bit of sweat at the end of it. But, um, yeah, and it was a bit of a hard hard effort too because I've always been, just been a sort of a sprinting trainer. So it was 
bit of a task to try and keep him fit for the five weeks without a run, and um, yeah, everything worked out pretty good. Tell us about the the human side of racing, David. I'm interested on on how it was handled. Did you, um, you know, do you ring Graham Ballantyne? Oh, Chili is hot was was my horse. Every time I ran, I had to back it. It was it was just it was I don't know why, but I just had to back it every time I ran, no matter what it was paying. But do you ring Graham Ballantyne? Does Joey as a party make a phone call? Um, was it just one of those things about racing? And unfortunately, sometimes, very occasionally, that happens. Yeah, no, well, I, was, I was consoling them, all the family at the race on the, on the day in the mounting yard and spoke to him a few times since. And Jerry rang him up as well. You know, he obviously decided to do it on prep. So just one of those things in racing. But, um, yeah, it's pretty sad. But, uh, pretty sad, but it's also... Um, yeah, it's also pretty good as, as far as the racing goes. I mean, if you, like they bought, Graham bought Silly's Hot for 500 bucks and it turned out to be a superstar, won about half a million. And, um, and this place only cost 10 grand as well, so it's a good advertisement for, for racing that you can, uh, anyone can get in and, and anyone can um, make a fair bit of money out of it if they get the, right, get the luck, you know. You don't need to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for a horse if you're, um, if you're lucky enough. No doubt. Uh, uh, mate- you, thanks to Gostradamus too, David. Gostradamus over here who <laughs> threw in on Saturday, threw in... Stafford's lad as uh, as his pick. I went, okay, I better put that in my trifecta because if it gets up and it doesn't win and I didn't put it in there, then Gostradamus will shoot me. <laughs> I was very happy with Stafford's lad running in a second. A distant second, mind you. Harry. Distant second's fine. Distant second's perfect for David and yeah. for me because trifecta central. Yeah, well, yeah, trifecta played well, but he's been he's been a great old horse too, Stafford's lad. He's a, he's a tough horse too. Yeah, very much so, and uh, done a lot of good work up in Broome and the like. Hey, mate, you've got a team racing in, in Esperance, and you mentioned that to me down at Pinjarra the other week. You'll send a few there. You had a bit of win, uh, success down there. What happens in that environment down there? Do you go down there as a trainer? It's a long way. Do you go down there when they're all racing or do you just send them down on the truck and someone else looks after them? I'm intrigued by when you have a satellite moment like uh, that Esperance. And do they stay down there, those horses? Yeah, they'll stay down there for a couple of months. I went down there for the first week and um, we all carted them down there and stayed there with young Bailey. He's been doing a real good job with them. So we stayed there with him and then What's the first race? And I'll, I'll actually head down again tonight. I'll come back up for the, for the cup and that. Uh, and I'll head down there again tonight for another week or so to the next race meeting. And then we'll just periodically go down there every now and then. And, and um, uh, I'm just trying to win races with them and then try and sell them because they're probably better off going in that sort of company. And, that, yeah. and that's why they're down there. Yeah. It's, um, improved the, probably uh, improved the numbers down that way as well. So that's the plan. And, yeah, just a bit of an experiment to see if we can win a couple and sell a couple. and. Yeah. Cut the numbers down a bit. Yeah, working holiday, it sounds like, Harrow. It sounds like a working holiday down there. Working holiday, that's it. Yeah. Where, where's, where's the next winner come from? Now, David, we've, we've celebrated the Perth Cup. It's come on, Harrow, give time us Time to move on. Where's your next winner? Uh, well, the fields haven't come out yet, so I'll probably, probably, um, probably my dilemma on um, yep. my dilemma on Saturday, if he does a reasonable barrier and... Uh, media Baron's going good as well, so they'll both be in. Okay, my dilemma, them. Media Baron. Mm. Named after Hutchie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said Hutchie, not, I'm glad you said no, no, Hutchie, not yourself just then. I was really expecting <laughs> you to say that. Uh, we just had one text, uh, just one, last one before we let you go, and we appreciate it. David Harrison, trainer of uh, Perth Cup winner Buster Bash. Was the instruction to tell uh, the, the Grudster, the Sean McGrady, to jump, lead and win? Loves uh, uh, The Grud does like to lead. Uh, he's very similar, they reckon, to, to Linda Meach in Melbourne. What was the instruction pre-race? Uh, just having the first four and trying to get him to relax um, because it's, it's the longest race he's been over. So I said, just get him to relax, don't let him pull, um, don't dig him out. You know, if he can sit third or fourth, that'll be ideal. If they haven't gone uh, by the time they get to the thousand or eight hundred metres, 
I don't think they'll out. I think he'll outsprint them. Nice. But, um, so I thought we could go for home. I didn't think he was going to go flat out from the But anyway, he knew what he was doing. He got it right. He did. Hey, good on you, mate. Congratulations. Right, I know yeah. it means a lot to you, mate. We appreciate it. Enjoy Esperance, and we look forward to tracking uh, some of those horses, uh, Media Baron, and, and also My Dilemma. Uh, My Dilemma on the weekend. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, boys. There's David Harrison. Well done. And he's such a wonderful person and he's so available of his time. And as you can hear in the background, he was right in the middle of working. So we appreciate the time. Let's get a breakaway and come back. Your calls, your texts, whatever they want to be, make sure you get in touch with us here on SEM Breakfast. Tuesday to Friday, we've got some special plans for you throughout 2023. Go nowhere. We'll do it Tuesday to Friday between 6 and 8. Coffee, coffee fit for an Aussie. Thanks to David Harrison, Adam Simpson, Justin Longmuir also joined us on the show. Woody. Mark Woodford was on the show, of course, ahead of with the Australian Open into day two, nine Aussies in action. If you missed what we do and you've only just tuned in, this is how it sounded. We did have a yeah, meeting. Yeah, we had a we went to an organic cafe. To... <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, Lois. <laughs> Last time you get to pick the cafe. <laughs> Cafe. Did they have bacon? No. <laughs> Eddie Jones, he's returned to the Aussie setup. He'll have more um, success than Ross Lyon returning to St Kilda. And Adam Simpson, one of your leaders, Tom Barris. What is the injury and two, how did he sustain it? He's just got a bit of a knock on his wrist and then he's just going to wear that brace for a month or so and then he'll be right to go again. So I'll be training again and he um, tried to train one-handed and Try to slide for a mark and hurt his finger on his other hand. So he, uh, he'll be fine. The coach of Fremantle has been kind enough to join us, Justin Longmuir. What's your plans for the forward line? A couple of guys that uh, have started the pre-season really well. And one, one of them is um, Josh Tracy is fitter. I think sometimes we, we forget how young he is. He's, um, he's really improved his fitness and um, he's creating some really good opportunities for himself and his teammates at, at training. And he's one that looks like he's, he's taken another step. That's the last couple of hours in a snapshot. One minute right there. Well done, boys. Hurricanes coach Jeff Vaughan drives, uh, joins us tomorrow because uh, it is the Scorchers and the uh, – um, does I say Jack Jumpers? Um, the Hurricanes. They're playing here tomorrow. The uh, Hurricanes coach Jeff Vaughan's going to talk to us about the Jack Jumpers <laughs> and how their season's <laughs> progressing so far. We told you we're going to mix it right up here this year. Ashton Turner's going to join us, captain of the Scorchers. They just got narrowly beaten by the Sydney Sixers. And John Rilly. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Great man, JR. JR. Um, and he wore a, you know, the MASH style hat from the MASH TV show, like the army hat. Yeah, around, little, little bucket. bucket. He wore a bucket hat. He was dared by his team to wear that hat on stage. <laughs> he chose not to wear it on stage, but he certainly did wear it to the open day down there in Fremantle on the weekend. Well, so tomorrow, at the moment. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. Don't forget, get your tickets right there. Ticket deck if you are going to the basketball Friday night. Jeff Bourne from the Hurricanes. Ashton Turner from the Scorchers and John Riley from the Wildcats. Your calls, your texts, some laughs, some giggles, footy rap in the morning. Good. You can do that every day. Every day we're going to do that. Every day. Wow. Look forward to seeing what you've got. PBs tomorrow, I reckon. Thanks for your company. It's been a lot of fun. Don't forget you can follow up anything on the podcast. If you like the little snapshot we gave you, you can hear the whole interviews on the SEN podcast. And don't forget, tell friends. We're going to be here Tuesday to Friday between 6 and 8. Well played, Special K. Well played to Lois Lane. And thank you for listening to our show. This has been Scotty and Goss. Have a good day, Scotty. All the best.